Well, welcome everybody to our Summit Church uh, Sunday service. We're so glad you were able to join with us today. My name is JP, the pastor of Summit Church, and we are looking forward to what God's going to do in the next few minutes, and so we're glad you could join us today. Hey, listen, we're going to be having a water baptism service tonight uh, down in the Gulf, so if you uh, desire to be water baptized, we'd love to have you come and join us for that. It'll be a wonderful time. So, hey, listen, well, I don't know if you heard about um, Dr. Billy Graham. Of course, he, I love that guy. He's the one that led me to Jesus years ago. And uh, so he was doing some evangelistic crusades, was traveling through this little town. And uh, he stopped. He needed to mail something. He stopped a little boy on the side of the street. He says, excuse me, young man, could you tell me where the post office is? The young man said, well, um, yeah, it's right right down here. And Take a right. And it's three, three blocks down. Dr. Billy Graham said, well, that's wonderful. He said, hey, listen, uh, young man, I don't know what you're doing tonight, but I'm going to be doing a tent revival here in this little town, and I'd, I'd love to have you come. I'm going to be telling people how to get to heaven. Would you like to come? And the little boy uh, looked at him and he said, no, I don't think I would. And Dr. Billy Graham said, well, why wouldn't you want to know how to get to heaven? He said, well, sir, anybody don't even know how to get to the post office probably don't know how to get to heaven. <laughs> Well, this morning I just want to talk to you for a few minutes about, we're going to actually jump into a new series called Overcome. And um, we're going to actually go to the book of Revelation in a little bit as we talk and unpack this passage of scripture in the book of Revelation and talk about one specific church actually for the next two weeks that uh, feels kind of important for us to talk about. But my question for you before we begin is, how many of you... Uh, really want to get better. You know, you, you just want to get better, better as a person, better as a father, better as a mother, better as a, as a, as a son or a daughter or an employee. I think we all would want to be better. I, I don't really think I can remember anyone ever saying to me, you know, JP, I'm just tired of being better. I really want to get worse. You know, I mean, when is the last time a doctor ever heard a patient come in and go, hey, doctor, I just really am feeling really good today, and I've been really feeling good so much lately. I just really need to get back to my old self and feel worse. You know, no, we all want to be better. And so this morning we're going to talk about, you know, being better and getting better a little bit. Um, book of Acts, chapter 10, the Bible says that Jesus went around doing good everywhere he went. What was he doing? He was helping. He was making other people better as well. I, I love that about Jesus. He's my hero. And I think that's really what God's called all of us to be, people who, who not only ourselves are striving to be better, but everywhere we go, as a result of who we are in their lives, they're getting better as well. The uh, Bible says iron sharpens iron. So as a brother born for adversity, I think there's a lot of truth to the fact that you, when you get around people that are sharp, people that are uh, trying to better themselves, get, getting more healthy, eating right, all these kind of things, or you know, uh, striving to enlarge their, their, themselves, it, it wears off on you as well. Well, let's look at this chapter 2 and 3 of Revelation. It talks about uh, seven different churches. And really, the Spirit of the Lord is addressing these seven churches and really trying to make sure that they get their things in order. He's, some of them are in a little mess 
five of the seven, there's kind of a little confrontation. There's a little, you know, uh, God has a little issue, you know, about some things going on in that particular congregation or church or group of people. And and so God's trying to raise the standard. He's trying to help them uh, get their attention on some things that they probably uh, need to address in their lives. Kind of like perhaps a, a coach who's winning, their team's winning at halftime, but yet he's like, hey, guys, okay, we're, we're winning, we're, we're ahead, but here's what we need to do. We need to address this, we need to address that. Um, I, I, I think that is probably what's taking place right here in the book of Revelation, trying to, trying to get better. You know, for, for every promise, if you read in the book of Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 of these churches, they're given promises. Uh, God says, you know, if you do this, you know, you'll get this. There's a reward for these things that you do. I believe there's nothing wrong with that. I believe that's the way we're made, right? I mean, insurance companies give rewards to better drivers. They give rewards to people that are in better health. And so I I believe God is doing the same thing here. He says, "I, I got this against you, but yet here's the reward if you follow along. And in fact, if you decide to overcome. And that's the key. We'll be dwelling down on that. The, the word overcome is important. It's why we named the series Overcome. He says, if you will be an overcomer, if you will overcome, then there's some promises that are coming your way. These seven churches, seven being the number of perfection, completion, maturity. Seven churches, the bodies of Christ, the body of believers. In other words, God is coming to us and he's saying, look, There is a path to maturity. There is a path to completion. There is a path to growing in your faith and becoming Christ-like. And and here's what it looks like. And he says, if you will overcome in these particular areas that I'm I'm pointing out to you, then you you will be able to do this or that. Now, this word overcome, let's talk about for just a minute, the word overcome. One of the definitions is it's a thing that has begun and now continues to go on day by day. Like a person would say, I, hey, listen, I, 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 I stopped drinking alcohol three months ago, and I'm three months sober. What is he doing? He's overcoming. The word overcome also means to conquer, to subdue. Like a person could say, uh, man, I used to have a real problem with uh, rejection and the fear of being rejected, lived in insecurity, but, but God's healed me. And now I'm walking in victory. What is he saying? He's saying, I'm an overcomer, right? I'm overcoming this issue. And this is what happens when you invite Christ into your life. He helps you overcome things that have been an issue in your past. It also carries with it the thought that you're no longer, what, maintaining. You're not maintaining. What does maintaining mean? Well, it means you're continuing on the same trajectory that you've been on for a while. In 1957, you may have, some of you have seen this, but Russia launched the first artificial satellite into the air, into the orbit. It was the size of a beach ball, weighed about 180 pounds, and it went into orbit and surrounded uh, and went for, for a length of time around the orbit. And at that point in America, everyone was shocked because Russia had done something that we didn't believe could be done. And suddenly the conversation in America changed and people began to say things like, 
we need to tighten up. We need to become better. We need to look at our educational system and see what we need to change in order to catch up because we are behind. And this is a big area, and we cannot afford to be behind in this area. What were they doing? They were maintaining. And what I'm saying is that when you are an overcomer, you're not happy with just maintaining. In fact, you despise it. It also carries the meaning that an individual is in the process of living a victorious life. In other words, there are, you display this desire that, that you want to walk in your gifts. You want to walk in your purpose. You want to know your purpose, as we've been talking about. And you, you want to walk in your calling. And you want to sharpen your skills every day. You want to seek to know God more every day. You, you want to become a better person. I remember my, my first car I ever owned actually was a 66 Chevy pickup. Light baby blue. Rust spots all over it. Some like brown spots, you know, where uh, one, the owner previously was going to address the rust spots. And I looked at that thing and I said, this can be better. And I attempted from that point on to just go ahead and make this thing better. So I, I did those crazy things that you do when you're young, especially in those days. And I, I put, you know, obviously carpet on the floor. I carpeted the, it had bench seats, so I carpeted all the bench seats. I put gun racks in the back, you know. I, I got me, come on, cassette player. A cassette player, man, that was hot off the press. Pioneer stereo system, put the most speakers on the top of the roof of the truck. And uh, I was saving my money to buy some big fat tires in the back and get a lift kit. And I was just going to make this truck something phenomenal. Why? Because I had a desire for it to become better. And I think inside all of us, there is this desire. I need to get better. I, I want to get better. So Jesus made promises to overcomers. Let me give you just a rundown of the list of the seven churches and what he promised to them. Revelation 2.7, to the church of Ephesus, to him that overcomes, I will give you the right to eat from the tree of life. Revelation 2.11, the church of Smyrna, to him who overcomes, he will not be hurt at the second death. Revelation 2.26, the church of Thyatira, to him who overcomes, he'll receive authority over nations. Revelation 3.5, to him who overcomes, he will, his name will not be erased from the book of life. To the church in Philadelphia, Revelation 3.12, to him who overcomes, he will become a pillar in the temple of God. Revelation 3.21, church of Laodicea, to him who overcomes, he will get the right to sit with Christ on his throne. And I mean that, that, that means even now. So what is happening in this point of history when we see this passage of Scripture written in the Bible, in the book of Revelation? What's going on? Well, it was in the middle of the Roman Empire. A guy by the name of Domitian and Nero, another emperor, were ruling during that season. And it was one of the lowest points of the Roman Empire. And it was low for many reasons, but the society had collapsed basically. The morals, the values, the standards. Um, they believed in, you know, you know, big government and more and more rights of the people began to leave and go away. And, and it all led to this crazy thought that the reason that they were the way they were 
any misery, any problems, any circumstances that they didn't enjoy, didn't like at the time, it was because there was a group of people in their society called Christians. And every problem came as a result of the Christians. Now this is what was propagated and the propaganda at the time at, during that season of the Roman Empire. And so as a result, R Christians began to be persecuted. In fact, in Pergamum, John mentions Antipas, which was the first martyr of the Asian, uh, in Asia Minor of Christianity. And they began to be martyred. I would love to go in depth with you about what this looked like. On a Sunday morning, maybe this, maybe not the time, but I think you need to know that our brothers and our sisters suffered dearly for their faith in Christ. I mean, they were drug into, out of their houses when they were having worship meeting, doors, you know, beaten down, babies ripped from mother's arms, slammed the baby up against the wall until it died, rips the parents out, women screaming, fathers in unbelief, herded them like cattle down to the prison put them in all in a prison together, in a cell together, men and women. And then they would have a big festival. And they, now that they had all these Christians, they would bring them out into the Colosseum. Mm -hmm. And they'd bring them out in the Colosseum and they, they would make sport of them. And they would then unleash these hungry animals, bears, lions, things like that. And they begin to attack these Christians, our brothers, our sisters, and the Lord until they were all dead. Meanwhile, the men were strapped, chained to a wall, watching their wives and babies, children killed, all because they loved Jesus, all because they'd given their hearts to the Lord, all because they had standards and values. Mm. And then after they watched, the men watched their, their family pass away, they were used as, as nothing more than an object of shooting target for so Romans would come out with their bows and their arrows or spears and they would use them as a target practice until they were dead. Meanwhile, everybody was laughing, joking, and, 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 and having sport. This was fun to them. This was, this was enjoyable to them. This was because they had so bought into the belief that Christianity was a blight to their society. It held them back. They weren't able to be who they wanted to be because of these Christian values that were being, you know, espoused by these people called Christians. So we have, we have to do away with them so we can be who we want to be. We can have and keep our pleasures. This was society at that time. It's hard. I, I could go on and on about the different types of ways they were martyred. I don't want to take that time right now. But it was a terrible point of our history of the world. You go, well, how in the world could a people get like that? How could a civilized nation become so hardened towards souls and life? Can I just say, in many aspects, we do that right now. We have an issue called abortion. Yeah, I'm going to call that out. We have an issue called abortion. 860,000 babies will be killed this year, 99 an hour. 2,300 every week, and we, excuse me, every day, uh, and we don't say anything about it. We don't, we don't talk to you about it. About it. We, we don't even know what's even happening, and we become numb to the very fact of life.
And then, hey, it's just a matter of time before, you know, grandpa and grandma, they have no service. They have no purpose anymore. They're, they're taking up space and costing us, you know, money. You know, let's just do away with them. We become numb to life. And so it's just a matter of time. It's always spirals down. And yet it's the Christian voices rising up and going, hey, there, there's things in our society that need to change. And we, we become that voice and, 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 and we speak and, and there will be, be perhaps a time as we continue to speak that things won't go well for us. Now, I know this is heavy for a Sunday morning. You may not be ready for this. Somebody has to talk about these things from time to time. So here we go. God speaks to this church in Pergamum. Now, understanding the background of what I just shared, you'd be very sympathetic. Well, I would be very sympathetic to these Christians, right? These Christians who, and look at what it says to them, about them. He says, you know, I've seen you uh, overcome uh, in chapter 2, 12 through 17. He says, I, I, he says in fact, uh, I, you, you actually live, you are living in the very throne room of Satan. Wow. Are you serious? They, this this place, Pergamum, was uh, was a very it was a very um, strategic place. They had the it was a very um, up and coming city. It was a very large city. They had the second largest library in Asia Minor. It was advanced for its time. It was a very organized city, very beautiful. Everyone had a gymnasium they could go to. And, and they were proud of their three huge heathen temples that they worshipped in, in Pergamum. And they had pride in their government and their accomplishments. And the official, it was the official cult center, if you would, of Asia Minor. This is where everybody came, uh, you know, just to party. It was... Uh, it was Mardi Gras on steroids in that time, in that era. And, and God writes to this church, this small group of believers in the city of Pergamum. And he says, listen, you know, I, I've got some things against you. I, I mean, I, I, wanna, I just want to say thank you for being loyal. But, but, but being loyal isn't good enough here. That's what he's saying. I, I thank you uh, that, that you, you are a Christian, but you're going to have to step up your game here, is what he's saying to the Church of Pergamum. Now, I, I find that kind of hard to believe. I, mean, I thought loyalty was a good thing, right? I mean, isn't it good to be loyal? Yeah, it's good to be loyal. But just because you're loyal doesn't mean you're all good on the inside. I mean, I can be loyal to my team and yet not give them my best. You know, I can, I can be loyal to my work and yet hate going to the office every day. I can be loyal to my spouse and yet have things going on in my heart that are opposite of loyalty. So just because you're loyal doesn't mean your heart's right. And this is what the Lord's saying to Pergamon. He goes, listen, I, I, I see you're in a tough situation and, and there's persecution going on. And, and this is terrible, but, but let me tell you something. Even though you're going through some persecution, things are tough, uncomfortable, I want you to step up your game because it's not good enough just to be loyal. And he says, I got a couple things against you. Like, what in the world could you have against us? Well, he says, verse 14 and 15, you've been basically lulled to sleep. You've embraced the compromising theology of Balaam and the Nicolaitans. But what was Balaam's theology? Balaam's theology was, hey, look, listen, a little mixture is okay, you know. I mean, it's okay to, 
you know, for the Jewish people at that time. He said, he said it's okay for you all to take heathen wives if that's what you want to do and, and inherit their gods and their idols and, and their lifestyle. You can bring it into your home and that's going to be okay. You're, God's still going to love you. That's the teaching of Balaam. And the Nicolaitans was not much different. They believed that indulge, indulgence of the flesh was okay. Yeah, whatever your flesh, whatever you need to be happy, that's fine. You know, you can have Jesus and all the other things that make you happy as well. And it's that teaching of mixture that began to get into that Pergamum church. And it was weakening the church. They were, in fact, not only being attacked on the outside, but now they were being attacked on the inside. I just want to tell you that it, as a brother in the Lord... We need to be careful. Our walk with the Lord, it needs, it needs to, we need to step up our game. We can't allow things into our lives that, that, that are literally draining us of the very purpose that God has for us. We're called to be a light in the world. We're called to be salt of the earth. And how can salt have any effect on those around them if they look just like those that are around them? So God is saying, listen. This is the time. This is the time, church, to begin to rise up and better your game. It's time to overcome, to be overcomers, to challenge your, your own flesh, to challenge your own. It's time, you know what? It's time to be honest with God and transparent with the Lord and be authentic. It's time to seek the Lord. If there's ever a time in our history, listen, in our generation, to be seeking the Lord, it's now. We, we, we need to, we need to be, we need to put us, be done with the issues that we're dealing with in our lives and get and become that church that is overcoming. <laughs> and, the, and the Lord says to, he says to Pergamon, now if you'll do these things, I will give you hidden manna and I'll give you a white stone with your name on it. Now we'll talk about that next week. So you got to tune in next week. We're going to talk about the hidden manna and the white stone. But until then, let us remember verse 16, chapter 2. The Lord says, enough. Repent, basically. Repent, enough. Don't give in to them. Don't give in to these teachings of the flesh, of indulgence, of the world. Because I'm fed up with this, and I'm about to cut them to pieces with my sword-sharp words. That's the Message Bible. In other words, clean up your mess, and I'll fight for you. Confront your laziness. Confront your bad attitude. Confront your unforgiveness. Confront your character flaw. Do it. Address your own issues. Get, you know, and maybe today, you know, it would be a good practice. It would be good for you to just take a long walk. Just, you know, break the routine. Turn the TV off. Go outside. Take a long walk. Go find... A, a place to sit by the water, by the pond, by the, by the ocean. Just, just, just get alone and just say, Lord, what is in my life that needs to go? What is, what is in my life that is compromise? What am I, what am I doing? I mean, I'm, yes, I love you, but what needs to be removed from my life? And I tell you, if you pray those honest prayers, God will show you those things. He'll reveal those things to you. And you will become a better, stronger, 
more powerful person, to be able to have a voice in the earth. Listen, God needs a voice in this earth in this hour. And you are that voice. I'm that voice. We together are his voice. We are, we are what God's looking for to be the standard that rises up and brings conviction and clarity into the airwaves, into the earth. So let us do that. Let us do that. Thank you so much for watching. Let me have a word of prayer with you. And we're just going to close this thing out. Can we do that? Would you just close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, thank you that you love us today and you care for us. And that, Lord, you come and, and you compliment us and you tell us how, how much you love us, how good we are. In one hand and the other hand, you know, you come behind and go, now, now with that said, I, I just I want you to step up your game. I need you to become better. And Father, whatever those issues are, or issue in our lives. Those watching, Lord God, Holy Spirit, I, I ask that you bring revelation to that. What, what does that look like? What, what is that? What is that thing, Lord God, that is causing my brother, my sister to keep from overcoming? What is it that's caused them to lose their faith? What is it that's caused them to lose their joy? What is it that has caused them to lose their sense of peace? What is this thing? What is this thing that has not allowed them to walk as an overcomer? So today, God, Holy Spirit, we give you full permission to just shine your light upon those issues of our lives. God, these are strategic times. This is a strategic time in our history. And we need you, Lord, to step in and to help us rise up in this hour as overcomers. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing that. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers. Thank you for giving us your Son to give us the power to overcome through the blood of Christ and your body. We love you, Lord. We dedicate our lives to you. And we seek you with everything we have. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Listen, so good to be with you today. Thank you so much for watching. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord and to be your Savior, you can do that today. Just a matter of a prayer. Talking to the Lord like you would be talking to a friend and asking him to come into your life and turn your life around. We'd like for you to follow that up with just a, kind of connecting with us on the website, summitchurch.tv. And we'd love just to be able to connect with you and, and walk along with you in your journey with the Lord. Well, God bless you. Thank you for watching. We will be here again next week. Until then, remember Wednesday night service Bible study at the church. If you can make it at the Red Building. We call it the Red Barn. They're on Foley Beach Express, just north of 98. Again, services are 9 and 11 on Sundays as well. God bless you. Have a great week. You are an overcomer.